Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer in studio. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, and that is Digitex. PCs, copiers, suppliers, printers, laptops. IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell, for, uh, cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. Our River Cree Resort and Casino, hotline 780-496-0063. Our Heartland Ford text line 630-630. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan, not your small town dealership with a huge new state-of-the-art facility experience the difference of Heartland Ford. Speaking of Fort Saskatchewan, Kirby Dock is captain of one of the two teams for tonight's CHL Prospects game. Uh, it's a good year for the WHL. Could have three, maybe four players in the top ten when it's all said and done. Just before we go to Brian Lawton, I want to get this text in. Mark has texted the show out of Bonneville. Bob, you would never give up your toy box job so you will keep bull crapping like the rest of this organization. That comes to us from Mark. I didn't know that I had a cousin named Mark out in Bonneville, but uh, thank you very much for your uh, support, Mark. Uh, hey, if you listen closely, that's all I'm going to say. All right, let's bring aboard Brian Lawton. He has been in the chair, an NHL uh, general manager with his time in Tampa Bay. He worked with Octagon. I'm thinking he may have even worked with Peter Shirelli a number of years ago. Uh, Brian Lawton is now an analyst for the NHL Network, and he joins us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. And no, Peter was not at Octagon ever. That was with when he worked with Larry Kelly. Oh, that's right. Larry that's, Kelly joined Octagon. That's that's how I got confused. As Larry came over in it, the time that you were Oct, I mean, you guys were one of the what three largest firms in the entire business at that stage. We were, we were. Octagon bought, bought my firm, and then I was the managing director, tasked with trying to grow it to a global brand. And uh, I was, I'm happy to say all these years later that Octagon's doing terrific. That's exactly what happened. And uh, good for them. They got a very nice business to this day, of course, representing Leon Dreisaitl on the Oilers, as well as, I don't know, guys like uh, Patrick Laine, Miko Rantanen, Brock Besser. They've got a really nice table. Miko Koskinen. They got Miko Koskinen, mm-hmm. right? Koskinen and... Of course, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and uh, they got a fantastic firm going, and it was really fun to uh, really be the person that started that off way back when. All right, uh, Brian, part of the reason why we got you on is there is a perception out there, oh, who would want to be the Edmonton Oilers general manager? That's a tough job. (laughs) Yep, not true, but okay. (laughs) First of all, there's only so many of these jobs out there, right? That's exactly right, and although it's certainly a challenge with the state that the club is in, uh, there'll be people lined up out the door to apply for this job. Yeah. 
Uh, how many of the... The potential management, first of all, most years there's only a couple management positions out there, GM positions out there around the league. How many of those would theoretically have a McDavid, Dreisaitl, and a Nugent Hopkins as uh, center options? Uh, not many. That's the anomaly here. They don't usually turn over right. when they're in that situation. It does happen. I mean, we had drafted and or developed Sam Coase and had been when I was fired by Tampa Bay. Yeah. But that was a different scenario. That was a new ownership group coming in that, quite frankly, just wanted to start anew. Yeah. Um, it wasn't because there was any turmoil. The existing ownership wanted to extend myself at that time as the GM for five years. Right. Uh, was there? Uh, are you surprised by anything that's happened here in Edmonton with this over the last 24 hours? I don't know if I'm surprised. Uh, I, I guess I am surprised by some things. I'm surprised by the amount of ask, angst, so to speak, from the fan base. I just, you know, like most things in life, uh, there's usually an overreaction. And the Edmonton Oilers are going to be fine. They're going to come up with a new general manager, obviously. And that's going to be a good thing, Bob, in my opinion, because I think it's going to give them a chance to get out from under maybe some decisions they've made in the past right. that sometimes a previous general manager is married to and is slow maybe to rectify. Um, so there's all kinds of new possibilities and options that I feel are going to be open to this club uh, and open to them pretty quickly. To me, that's encouraging, and that's why I'm really bullish on the future of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. And no, I don't work for the Edmonton Oilers, and I don't have – a cousin in Bonneville. All right. Well, that's uh, that's important. It's a fine community, though, as you know. Uh, Brian Lott, longtime uh, uh, NHL agent, uh, uh, number one overall pick, first American ever to go number one in the NHL entry draft. Um, you guys tried to put a template in when you went into uh, Tampa Bay, and as I recall, you hit on the two guys you took in back-to-back years because did you not get Stamkos and Hedman? Yeah. We did. So you, you, and obviously those are huge building blocks. You look at all these years later where Tampa's at, and those guys are foundational pieces for the club. And you know that was that was important. But really, the best thing we did there, Bob, was we cleaned up the roster. You know, when I came to Tampa, the club had finished dead last, and. At that trade deadline, if people want to know how bad things can get, at the trade deadline when Tampa finished dead last, they traded their second-round pick for Chris Gratton. Usually when you're making a move like that, it's to try to make the playoffs. You're trading a second-round pick, which ended up being 31st, for a guy to get you in the playoffs, and they finished dead last. I have seen the other ends of the earth, and let me tell you, you can recover from it. Edmonton will recover from where they're at today. And there's no reason why they can't be the next Tampa Bay Lightning. Really? That is a... I absolutely, be- I absolutely believe that. But you, the one thing that I got that was a blessing was, even though the ownership very much badly wanted to be right back into the playoffs as quick as possible, when we sat down, I convinced them that I needed two years. Right. I didn't need five years. But we needed two years. That was coming off of drafting Stan Coast. And as it turned out, in the third year, the Tampa Bay Lightning finished eighth. 
I got fired after the second year, so that was always difficult for me. But that's the way it goes in pro sports. You just deal with it. Right. Brian Lawton joining us right so. now. Right now. Um, I asked Bob Nicholson a question about, you know, Peter Shirelli. I think somebody counted the word when he did. And, and for the record, and full disclosure, Brian, when Peter Shirelli was hired on April 24th of 2018, six days after the Oilers won the lottery, it was universally met with approval in the Edmonton marketplace. Okay? All the media, the fans were 100% on board with this decision at that time. So that's, and I'm sure there might be one or two analytics guys out there. No, I, because that's, you know, but the fact, and, and by the way, he had analytics in his repertoire. He just didn't like talking about it. Um, but there were a lot of people that were completely on board with this. Peter used the word heavy at least 20 plus times during that opening presser. So today I asked Bob Nicholson a question about, uh, about changing the philosophical approach to the type of players that the Oilers have, moving to more of a speed and skill team. And he came back to character and talked about character. Um, do you find that to be an interesting sort of perspective from Nicholson? Uh, I listened to Bob's press conference. I thought he did very well. He touched on all the points you want to touch on. But at some point, when things just don't go right, People don't really care what you have to say much. They really just want to see action. Ultimately, when you're trying to create a culture, it's your action that speaks louder than words. And you can even break it down further from that. It's the it's the things that you confirm as right openly and the things that you confront as wrong that create your culture. I understand where Bob's coming from, but I would I agree you have to have character, but if they go out, let's just think of some character guys uh, that would be available. Uh, Chris Kunitz in Chicago, he's kind of a character guy, right? Troy Brower in yep. Florida. Uh, Matt Hendricks, who was already in Edmonton. Eric Fair, another guy in Minnesota. I'm just trying to think of guys that... I see where you're going here. A bunch of slower 35-year-old-plus guys. Uh, they're not going to be able to help you, are they? No. No, I, I, they will help you. They absolutely will help you to some degree, but I don't think they're going to move the needle. I think you're going to have to really do a deep dive into where you're at as an organization. And when you do that, you're going to identify that, although we have probably the most skilled player in the world, we don't have enough skill overall to be competitive in today's game. The word heavy was pretty much archaic the moment that Peter said it. It wasn't so much for thinking as it was rearview mirror thinking. And that's what the LA Kings were. We'd won a couple cups in the previous five years. Yeah. Um, but the game's changed rapidly. And I credit a guy like Steve Eiserman in Tampa who recognized ahead of the curve that skill was coming into play. And the rule changes have made it so. And that's why they're so successful right now. They, uh, they've done an incredible job, as have a number of other teams. That's what the next general manager is tasked with, not telling us what happened in the past, but tell us what's going to happen in the future. Make some bets on it and build your team that way. Uh, the biggest fear for me for the club is that there is an enormous emphasis put on making the playoffs this year. I actually think it's possible that Edmonton makes the playoffs this year. It's, it's possible for a number of different reasons. Uh, none of them that would matter much for me in the short term. They, they truly need to come up with something long-term. The problem is 
that when you read the media, and I saw a Sportsnet headline already, Edmonton Oilers rebuild 4.0. Uh, there's a lot of white noise out there. They're going to have to get a strong management group in there that can look past that and just do the right things and truly be stewards of the franchise. That's the way we looked at it in Tampa. It was an honor to be there. It was an enormous burden, and yet uh, we needed to do the right things over and over again, and we knew we would eventually see light at the end of the tunnel. That's what the Edmonton Oilers need to do right now. Brian, uh, we're going to just get to a – I'm just going to put you on hold for 45 seconds. I wanted to get to this clip earlier in the show. We've had some people text us and say we're ducking you by not playing it. This is Bob Nicholson, when, uh, and it, this has certainly got picked up on there's something in the water in Edmonton, and I, and I think I know what he meant, but uh, let's get to that. we got some real good players. We've got some real good staff, but – there's something in the water here in Edmonton that we don't have right, and we got to get that figured out. Uh, and the way that you figure that out is you talk to people. I'm going to try to open up more doors in all aspects of this organization to find out those little things that just haven't been fixed over the last number of years for us not being in the playoffs. We saw it two years ago. It was a blip, but there are some key parts in that that we got to make sure that we save here. And I really believe when I watch this team through games this year, we can be a real good team. But we just haven't shown it, and we haven't shown it consistently. So what is that? We need to make sure we got the right chemistry in the room, the right character in the room to bring the best out of all of our players. All right, Brian, that is uh, Bob Nicholson because that's that's something in the water. This, this has nothing to do about Edmonton as a city. Um, you know, the owners have tried. They've gone with an experienced coach like Pat Quinn. They've gone with a motivational coach like uh, Ralph Kruger, a hot, young, up-and-coming coach um, that had was being pushed by the Toronto market, Dallas Akins, an experienced, successful coach in Todd McCall. That's on the coaching side. Uh, Tambellini was a, a nice man that... Uh, had worked for years as an understudy in Vancouver. McTavish comes back. He's a, you know a guy that understands what the Oilers historically have been about. Then Shirelli comes in and he's successful from other organizations, and they haven't been able to have the the long term success they were uh, looking for. And so what you're saying is they got to put the right management team in place. That's sort of along the same lines, isn't it, Brian? It, it is. And the the one thing that I don't have a great feel for because I'm not in the market there, is just how involved ownership is. And I, I don't know the answer from that. I've met Daryl before. He's certainly a, a super nice guy. Generally, when you're meeting people like that, might be at a board of governors meetings or sure. something like that. And everybody's a really good guy. It's not enough depth for me to to know, but I would be curious about that, where he stands on everything. He's been remarkably quiet through this. Um, and I think in some ways that's good, uh, but at the same time, I'd want to know how involved he is and wh- how he's pushing things, what he wants to see happen, because it's critical that you're on par with your owner. It's usually ownership group. In this case, it's owner, because you don't really hear about anybody else there. So that's an important piece to me, Bob. Yeah, well, I mean, and we full disclosure here, your ownership group with Oren Kulis, 
uh, came in right at the same, got approved at the same time that Daryl Cates got approved with Edmonton as well. So, uh, and you know what? Some fans think, well, we need to hear more from from Daryl Cates, and others would say, what you want, Eugene Melnick, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think you need to hear more, but I think it needs to be clear as to. Like the one thing Jeff Binnick, I thought, did a nice job in Tampa when he came in and just said, "Look, we're gonna." I got fired. That's that's the way it goes. But we're gonna bring in a new group of people. And we're gonna give them a mandate of what we're looking for. Then we're gonna let them do their jobs, and we're gonna evaluate them on that. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll make changes. That's what I think Daryl Cates needs to do. And I love the fact that they have constantly dipped into their history there. Yep. To bring people back. Uh, but today, in today's day and age where things are specialized, you can't always do that, and you don't want to settle for that. They need to make sure they get the best people in there, whether they're former players, whether uh, they never played a game of hockey in their life, whatever it is, that's the type of due diligence they need to go through now. That's what Bob is tasked with, I believe. Is how are you going to find these right people? And that's what he means by, I'm going to get out there and talk to people. But I think if there's one thing I could say about the NHL that's really weak, it's that it's still a little bit too much of a buddy system. Yep. And you're constantly seeing people hired off of that. So Bob will go and talk to the establishment. And if that's as deep as he goes, he will not end up with the best people. All right. So, so Brian, you're saying lots of people be interested in this job. It's not as bad a situation as some of the fans have it out to be. Give me two or three names in maybe a minute or less, Brian, if you could, of some guys that you think might make sense here. Well, I think Kelly would make a lot of sense. McCrimmon, just watching the job he's done in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Kelly. I, I think he's a sharp guy, and he's he's certainly a guy – um, that you have to be interested in. I, I know Billy Guerin, and uh, you know Billy's a little bit different um, because of his past performances as a player. He has the luxury of, you know, money is not a factor for for Billy, so he's going to take his time. And eventually, I'm certain that Billy will be running a team. And we, we could go on and on and on about what people are good, and there's lots of them. Uh, but ultimately, that's up to Bob to figure out. <laughs> and, you know, he's got to be tasked with that. He's got to really get out there and work it and not worry about this is where it gets troublesome when you want to involve your fans on everything. Um, the fans are not educated as to who would be the right general manager. That's what Bob Nicholson needs to figure out. Great stuff. Uh, Nobody likes to hear that, but that's the way it is, Bob. You just mentioned two of the four guys I mentioned in a tweet right as the owners made the announcement. Brian, we're going to do this again. Thank you for your time. Take care, okay? Anytime, Bob. All right, that is Brian Lawton, the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, now with the NHL Network. It's 126. We're late into the break. I will tell you the guests on our show receive gift certificates from Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton, South Downtown, Northside, and Shore Park. We're late into the break. Sam Cosentino coming up from uh, the CHL Prospects game. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.